welcome to Podcast Versus Player, episode 195. I'm one of your hosts, Cal, and as always, I'm joined by a man who heard Aladdin has been banned from the magic carpet race for using performance-enhancing rugs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was going to be the... uh... (laughs) I I didn't expect that. (laughs) Rug joke. Tony, bloody Dan. It is you, sir. Welcome. It is me. How you doing? I am good. Um, I've just realised we've only got five episodes left until the Big Dan episode. Raise that roof, sir. <laughs> Everyone's expecting this. <laughs> Except Washington you. Post. The BBC. Washington Post. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had a burp. I was Digestive so systems. and. <laughs> yes, it should be a good one. You've had... This is a... Uh... Will this be hundred th- in the making? Is will it? this be the third one? No, it'd be fourth because I did. I do every fifty, don't I? I think it was every fifty. Yes, yeah. So yeah, it would be two hundred. So. Yeah. So, are you excited? Well, you got anything planned? No. Um, I tell you what, mate. I did actually have, um, as you know, listeners of the show will be uh, will be. What? <laughs> Do you need another five? <laughs> Maybe so, yeah. I mean, you'll see. I'm, I'm a bit exhausted. You'll see why a bit later on in the episode. But um, usually Callum will come to me and he's got a whole list of jokes and he'll go through the jokes and he'll be like, oh, you know, some of these are going to be good ones to, uh, to start the podcast with. Um, some of the ones that don't necessarily make it on, they'll be on uh, Instagram. Trade secrets. Um, so, yeah, exactly. It's not really, is it? It's just... Rather than just coming with one potentially decent joke, you come with 20 and half of them are shit. Um, But some of them, you know, they're a little surprise maybe. But I thought what I'll do is I'll do something similar. So I'll I'll put together a big list of jokes and I'll just return the favour, go through them all. Thanks, man. And uh, I, I had it saved on my desktop. It's the only icon on my left monitor that's this joke list. And the file corrupted. So they've all gone. <laughs> so I'm sure there were some really good ones on there that made me laugh. We'll never but, know. Um, yeah. So in those next five, what, five episodes? Five episodes after, weeks, yeah, yeah. Technically four. Really joke technically digging, four. Because it will be, the, fi- it'll there, be yeah. the fifth one, won't it? That's true, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. It's nice to have a... To, to have a break. The only thing I need to remember to do is to not look at any news whatsoever through the week. Which is difficult because it is, yeah. Because I struggle sometimes. Like some of the things that you'll be like, "Oh, breaking news!" I'm like, "Yeah, I found this out yesterday." Oh. <laughs> Not that breaking, I, I have it? I have learned that anything major, major um, that can't wait, I'll just send you like a screenshot of the article or a link to the article or something like that. But yeah, I'm okay if, with that. If it's Red Dead Redemption Three is out tomorrow, I'm going to assume you already know. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Just for anyone, it's not. Don't get excited. Yeah, before we get bloody shouted at. Anyway, speaking of news, Dan, I've got some bloody news for you. Interesting. I've also got a little bit of news for you. Um, as I say, I say news. It's not really like super news. It's more what have you what have you been watching, Dan? Because I've been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've also been watching Falcon and Winter Soldier. Absolutely, I bloody have done, mate. It's been a it's been a good ride. I'm very disappointed we've only got one episode left. 
one left that's yeah. it and then we're done it, I'm kind of devastated it doesn't really feel like we've built up to a finale yeah what could possibly be in this in this last episode I don't and it's gone no, I was just going to say, for a show that's called Captain uh, Captain Falcon, for a show that's called Falcon and Winter no, Soldier, <laughs> I was playing Smash Bros. yesterday. Falcon <laughs> <laughs> um, Punch! That I do want to see. If they did that in it, that'd be banging. But Yeah, what a hell of a reference. Um, for a show that's called Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's featured... The main, the main character seems to have been The Shield. Yeah, whether it should have been made in the first place, it's just... This, this, the whole thing is this all awful and racist. Kinda. Yeah, I mean, not the sh- the shield itself isn't racist. The people well, that, that's a piece of metal. that have had it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I mean, I know that we spoke yesterday, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, two days um, ago, and yeah, we uh, we both watched it by that point, and um, <clears throat> there was something that they. They they touched on when it's it's Sam and Isaiah talking to each other, and he, he he's like, um, you know, no no self respecting black man would ever take up the shield and be Captain America because of everything that's obviously happened to him, and yeah. you know historically it, it it's you know I mean they mentioned the Red Tails as well, which I thought was a cool yeah. little reference, which yeah. was a, a World War Two fighter squadron of purely African African American fighters. Who were just completely forgotten about, which is just—it's mental to think of. But you know, times we live in. Um, and then when Bucky, you know, they're like him and Sam are like playing catch with the shield, basically. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of the impact, the bigger impact yeah. of giving the shield to a, a black man after Steve and Stars and Stripes and blonde hair, blue eyes, and you know, Mister America." It's in the name, do you know what I mean? Because of everything else that Steve did, you kind of really forgot about the the perfect specimen thing because he was just like a he was a good. I mean, that was his thing. He was a good guy and he was a decent guy, and mm. even even when he was on the run from the government and a select few of the other Avengers, he was still doing the right thing. And yeah, but we know that as the audience. yeah, as us, we know that. But uh, like I say, uh, Isaiah sees him as he's. It's just a, a white guy who gets the privileges that he didn't get, and he wasn't tested Even on though all this. Exactly the same, but yeah. he's you know he's spent thirty years in prison just being tested on forever. Do, do we know? Go back a handful of episodes to when we first meet Isaiah, and he says they rip Bucky's arm off. Do we know that if that's the reason why he's got the vibranium arm? Sorry, he said that he ripped Bucky's arm off. Yeah, you know when they, when when Bucky takes Sam to the house for the first time. Yeah, he he says it then, and then he's like, "I see, I see you, I see it grew back." But he says that he, he the last time the last time he saw him or something like that, um, they were on a runway and he ripped his arm off. Really, I didn't notice that. If that's the case, yeah. so that's how he lost his arm. I don't know. I don't know if that's like, did he did he did he meet him as the I Winter Soldier? Like. Because he may uh, he may have fought him as the Winter Soldier and he ripped his vibranium arm off. Uh, maybe, but uh, I, I thought it was like when he fell from like the train thing. In that's the what, first that's Avengers. what I, I always thought... thought it was, but I didn't know if it was like I might need to rewatch that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Case, yeah. I that episode, yeah, he definitely says it, but it doesn't 
it doesn't say real arm or vibranium arm. It just says ripped your arm off. I see it grew back. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good show. It's really good. Yeah, it's great. Um, I is is there any? Well, what's the best way to say it? So you know when the fight in spoiler, but when when the fight in uh, New Captain America, why does Bucky have such a difficult time fighting him? <laughs> As a super soldier with a vibranium arm, he sh- he should have he should have given him a right good. Plus, he's been he's been doing this for a lot longer than uh, thing True, he has. But he's also you know uh, without the serum, like he was a super soldier. Like, no, he was a he was a like- good soldier, but he hasn't fought he hasn't fought the same kind of people Bucky's fought, or even Falcon True, for but- that matter. I imagine the people that Bucky has been killing as the Winter Soldier is just sort of like just people like yeah, Howard but Stark. he's also it's he's just... he's fought Thanos and he's fought Thanos's goons yeah, and he's after fought the, fact, the rest yeah. of the Avengers. <laughs> but just because you take the Super Soldier serum doesn't mean that you're, you know, it'll just enhance what you are, won't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I mean. And like Steve is the perfect Captain America, and Bucky still battered him. Did he though? Yeah, well, not. Battered's the wrong word. Uh, uh, then again, I also then again I've answered my own question. So I imagine Steve was pulling a lot of punches because he w- he didn't want well, not, to hurt him. Yeah, but he didn't know who he was until the mask came. Yeah, on. yeah, but that was like that was after the first fight. I think it was second fight. Can't remember. Great film. Uh, I love well, Winter no, Soldier. First... Definitely my favourite film as well. <laughs> <laughs> but like they have the chase thing and then they fight in the street. Yeah, and it's there, isn't it? Yeah, so he loses his. Yeah, I'm I, sure I, that's I where his mask that comes off. Like pretty evenly matched. But then, I, in answering my own qu- question, I assume because of what Bucky says earlier in the episode about he's a he's afraid the Winter Soldier's still in inside of him. He's pulling his own punches, so he didn't just end up just fucking snapping Walker's neck. Or something like that, which probably would have been quite easy for him to do. I that's that's what like, I mean. Just, just revert back yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at him in the in one of the previous episodes when he's in the bar, and Zemo where well, he's got I mean, to pretend maybe to be. Like, yeah, yeah, but like Bucky and Steve, they both would have trained like sixty years ago, seventy years ago. That's what I mean. So, like experience. If, if, no, no, but I mean they were using fighting techniques and stuff like that 70 years old whereas Walker he's he's been trained like modern combat and hand to hand and that sort of stuff so you know Sam would probably be better suited to take him on if he was the same level of strength yeah yeah because obviously Sam's doing like cool flips and stuff now to you know do all the shield work I really like the um, when the wing when he flipped the wings and took his legs from under him that was really cool what when he just sort of yeah yeah well, that's the thing. He, 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 we don't see much of the the rocket suit because I imagine it's quite hard to uh, animate and quite expensive as well. To yeah, have c- c- considering what he was episode. doing in like the Avengers movies and stuff, um, obviously the budget's not as uh, not as big as as the films. Um, oh. It's very good though. Yeah, oh, it's like, so good. It's, this should be thirteen episodes. Yeah, I'm kind of devastated that this is only going to be on for another one. But then we got one week, and then we get Loki. Is it just a week? 
I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, uh, no, I think it's two, actually. I thought it was... Isn't it on in June? No, that's July you're thinking of. That's Black Widow. That could be what I'm thinking of. That's even better. Maybe so. Because I'm really looking yeah, forward to Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's only a couple of weeks. Um, but I watched uh, Avengers, the first Avengers. The first one? Um, a couple of days ago, yeah, just to... I don't know if I just got a hankering for it. I really like and it. I, I still think it holds up. Not as not as impactful as the first time you see it after watching the 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 following ones. But I, th- I still think it's a decent film. I said the other week it we very watched. Much so, yeah, it feels very. We, where did we get up to? I think we got up to Homecoming, where we've gone from. Mm. Like we started. Uh, well, we didn't watch the Incredible Hulk, but we started like with Iron Man and worked all the way up. Even Thor. Ugh. But uh, yeah, like Avengers still still held up to me. Yeah, I think it does. Like with them all sort of coming together that first yeah. time, and that like Cap and Thor and Iron Man sort of have a little scrap in the forest. Um, it does all look really quite good. Mm. So yeah, I was quite surprised that like um, how, how much it was. But then I was watching Age of Ultron, um, and I got about halfway through that, and it was like. I think it was like pushing 6am by that point so I, was like, I should probably go to bed <laughs> by now <laughs> um, so I've been meaning to go back to that but it's I think it's good to just sort of just like re-watch these big yeah. you know ensemble pieces but speaking of Marvel though uh, the legend uh, the legend of uh, Shang-Chi yeah. trailer dropped today today not only a few hours before we started recording yeah. this Callum have you watched I've it? watched it yet it's currently locked in Ready to go, but I haven't watched it yet. I saw the uh, um, picture that they put up on Instagram for the poster. Well, and stuff. that's bullshit, mate. Because I wanted to talk about that. We can still talk about. it. I'm not that excited, so you can really. You can this looks me. fucking banging. I haven't watched the trailer, so I can't comment then. But <laughs> well, because I still I'll tell you what, I it... still feel that this this phase is going to be the weakest of the phases up to, to so far. I disagree. I think that this is like now that we've got past the whole Thanos debacle, like now that they can go into the more sort of like weird stuff, like the martial arts, like the choreography in this just looks like it's going to be like nothing we've seen mm. before in Marvel films. I mean, right? I was like, going to say, wow, that like is good. Sort of, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it looks like it's like a proper Hong Kong kind of like like fast paced Jackie Chan. Everyone's just kicking the shit out of each other. Um, but like. There's no mention of like any Avengers, Avenging, Thanos, and Infinity Stones, and nothing. It's just it looks like it's just purely focused on him. Yeah. Maybe then introducing him into the wider world a bit later on in the mm. film. But uh, yeah, it's September. I think it's like the tenth of September or something. It like that. sounds familiar. Um, I'm sure that's what the poster says, September. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely September. I just can't remember the exact date. But that looks fucking banging. Yeah. So I watched that after, but, after this. Um, I I, I fully is. intended to watch it like a few hours ago, and I put it ready on my phone, and then I didn't follow through. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was another trailer that dropped today, Callum. Have you seen that one? Love, death, and robots. What? Two. Yep. When? Has it got a date? I didn't. See- I, I was too excited. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just looking at how weird is it, that? It's just like it's we, we it's like a clip that. reel, basically. Like, uh, I don't know if it was on a podcast or we were just talking, but we we on about like man, I really wish they do another 
Love Death and Robots. I figured that they would eventually, but the, like the problem with it is, is because it's such high quality caliber, like CG work and like digital animation yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That shit must take forever to sort out. I mean, you had the one... You can't knock another series of that together in a year, can you? We, we, we did talk about it very in-depth, um, and I'm quite I'm quite annoyed. I can't remember the name of the uh, episode, the the show within Love, Death and Robots, but you know the one when the ship crashes and it turns out that it's the... Oh, was it a planet or just an alien that was kind of like in their heads, making them live these lives but there wasn't there but there's like thousands of ships all stuck there oh um yeah i i i know the one you mean where like it's um the captain like he sees like an x of his yeah, or something yeah. like that and it's yeah it's like some sort of weird it's like an episode of star trek that isn't it it's like everything just weird. seems it's great yeah it, it's it amazing just seems normal but odd and then oh actually it turns yeah. out it's all bloody alien mind control um yeah like that most of the episodes that they made for Love, Death and Robots season one were fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think there was only... But from the looks of it, though, there's I can't see anything that looks like it's a follow-on. No, I imagine they'll, like they'll, they'll all be... seem to be just brand new. Yeah, I think they'll all be their own, uh, their own thing. Um, I think mm. the only one I didn't really love was the... I think it was the vampire one. It was still good. Oh, that one's ace. No, 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 it's still good. Like, it's like it's like a hand-drawn thing with the... Yeah, when, like, when they're like, like three in that and... cave thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was still very that good. It's like Dracula. But it was like, I, I think, I feel compared to a lot of the other ones that there was. I mean, like the... Um, was it the Russian? Was they Russian? And you had like the weird zom- oh, zombie like... werewolfy things. That was fucking phenomenal. Mm. And that would make a super good game. Yeah, I think a lot of those, to be fair, would mm. um, like the like the farmer mech suits. Oh yeah, Titanfall, like that Titanfall three kind of thing. Funnily enough, there was a new trailer as well today for um, Apex Legends. I think it's the next season of Apex Legends, Ooh. and it's focusing on um, a woman whose dad was a pilot, like a Titanfall Titan pilot. Um, a Titan pilot. So like the. Ne- <laughs> Just sounds yeah, funny. Whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like the the next season of Apex Legends is going to have more crossovers from Titanfall, I believe. I believe it was you so that told actually... me that it's. Is it the end of Titanfall 2? Where it shows you the. Um, I forgot what pops up. Because I didn't know. Like when I first played. I mean, when I played it, Apex Legends wasn't a thing. So mm. I wouldn't have noticed it. Anyway, oh, it's like um, it's like the cards. It's like the Apex, yeah, Legends card, yeah. like the weird skull symbol thing. Um, Did you get into like that? Just like Apex. Sorry. Did you get into Apex? I played quite a bit of it with Rick. You know, mm. um, between that and Warzone, I preferred Apex. I'd say really, it, it was a bit more. Yeah, it was a bit more sort of fantastical. Um, but I didn't. I didn't think Titanfall, much of it. It gave me more of an appreciation for it. Mm. Like the only thing that would have made it better is robots, giant robots. So like they're saying that like season three of like Apex is like get high enough score you can call in a Titan. I'll be all wow. over that. I mean it's it's a free game, man. Like it's 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 not bad. It's, by it's any worth means. it. And I I think maybe some of the uh, the issues I've got with it is the fact that I, I played it on my own on PS4 when it came out. I just like I oh, give this one a go. I've tried the rest, so maybe if we'd have played it 
on PC or something like that. My well, unfair, I'm fairly like sure it's on EA Desktop. I mean, it's on any. It's wherever you've got the internet. It's a free game. <laughs> like, like, but, I just uh, mean it won't be difficult to install. Is what no, I mean. you're gonna have yeah. to install a thing to get it to get it. I've put a new hard drive in today as well, so I've got plenty of space. Oh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Coming to a channel near you. Apex yeah, Legends. we'll do some, we'll do a little bit of Apex. Um, I'm sure. sure everybody else is playing it is nowhere near as good as we are uh, we'll have a great time with it <laughs> well I'll tell you what I'm not half bad at Titanfall 2 online so mm. I'd much rather we play some of that because I can speak- at least go on I was just going to say speaking of listen EA Microsoft whoever it is sort your shit out because I still can't install Titanfall 2 still Still, I've got the where I've uninstalled it. It's left like a like a residue file behind. Can't fucking delete it. Can't install it because it's change the permissions to. um, I had the same thing. I'll tell you how I fixed it. Format the drive. Wipe the whole thing clear. Start again. I mean, I really don't want to do that. (laughs) Well, it's either that or you have to because, like, with the Windows thing, because it sets up like a a hidden folder, doesn't it, that installs everything to on the drive? Yeah, but when when I had this issue last time, I just used um, take control of, which is like a command prompt box, and it just allows you to take. That's what I tried. Yeah, yeah, and that worked last time. This time, it's just not having it at all. I mean, what I could do, because I think this is on an external drive, I could just unplug it, install it to a different drive. And then just plug it in again. Maybe, but anything that you've got on, installed on the other one, I, I doubt it would recognise it. Because hmm. like it doesn't I'll give me the option, it. like because I've got like six hard drives, including the internal. Like when I go on Game Pass and I'm trying to install a game, it's the the one which is like the C drive, which is the main internal drive. That's fine. Everything else is like no, 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 no. You can't install it here. Like, oh it just, no, it I've just got won't yeah, I've, I've, it. Gives me the option to change stuff up. Because I think it's what, got the option to it, but I can't actually do it though. I can't remember what it was. It's like a warning symbol. Whatever it was, I, I installed recently. I hadn't quite got enough space, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I can't be asked to look what I can delete. I'll just use another one." And I went, "Yeah, okay." Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> it's just got bits and pieces everywhere, and it doesn't know what it wants to do with it. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Anyway, I don't know. Either way, though, we need to play some Titanfall because yeah, it's a good, good game. game. I enjoyed it the first time round. Um, speaking of games, though, Dan, um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We've got some trailers and Ooh. some uh, comparison side stuff. by sides. Yeah, looks all right. I've had. A, I've seen. It's not groundbreaking, I suppose, but it's. There you go. It's not. Year a, old it's, game. it's not like a, like a full on remaster from the ground up, is it? It's just a. Uh, now, now it's sixty frames a second. There's some particle well, I'll tell effects you who's and stuff. Be buying that, Callum. I'm really looking forward. I've seen a lot of people completely losing the shit about it. Looks worse than it did first time around. It doesn't. It, no, it, it doesn't. It looks that's ridiculous. Um, I think it was Game Informer um, pointed out. Um, they they talked to somebody from. Um, who's like one of the people behind um, doing the new game and they were saying whilst you're going to see a lot of little bits and bobs throughout like 2 to Andromeda um, I say 2 to Andromeda that's 2, 3, Andromeda <laughs> it's not a whole no. range yeah. um, 
it's Mass Effect One that's going to benefit the most from the from the overhaul, and all it does is bring Mass Effect One in line with the quality of the of the following games, which I'm fine with. Have you played Mass Effect Two recently? I played Mass Effect Two whenever it was free on Origin. That's the last time yeah, I played I, it. I think I snapped it up at that point. Um, but it's we both had it before that, by fine. the way. It was just I think we both. Oh yeah, I mean I bought it when it fucking came out. I think but... I had I had Mass Effect One on 360, but I had Mass Effect Two on uh, PlayStation Three. See, this is the thing. I kept my I kept my whole game going, <clears throat> but I, I'm 100% going to snap up. Legendary oh yeah, edition. It's gonna be super because it's good. like it's it's all three games, but it's like it was like fifty two pieces of DLC or something like that. It's an insane amount of content. Yeah. I mean, again, content that I've, I haven't bought all the DLC. I think I only got like the collector's DLC or something from Aspect Two. Maybe, maybe. Um, but again, I think that was what came free with Origin, um, the Origin one, because it was like yeah. it was like extra smuggle mission. I, I can't remember, but um, like it, it, it's too good of a game. To, to not get the the like the pinnacle of it. And yeah. Honestly, Mass Effect One I haven't played for what ten years. It's the only one, with the exception of Andromeda, that I haven't like replayed multiple times. Like, but that's only because I can't. I mean, I don't know because I am very of the of the opinion of like. I mean, you know how much I love Carter and Carter Two. Mm. I I find it hard to play those games now. Like, in really? in my head. When I played, especially Cutter Two, because uh, it's my favourite of the of the two games, but in my head that looks like Fallen Order. When I played it originally, I mean, it it doesn't. No, 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 no. But it was just a case of like this is like just a really deep, immersive, almost open worldish Star Wars game that. I'd never played anything like that up up to that point. Like, I think the closest really we'd had was like Shenmue or one of the Zeldas on the sixty four kind of thing. Yeah, but even they weren't like as expansive and and rich in. I know that obviously the stories and stuff are pretty big in Final Fantasy, but I never got pulled in to the point that I did with mm. Carter. And I think most of that's down to it's Star Wars, so it's got a pretty big edge up there, but. Um, yeah. yeah, I just remember it being like this, like super fucking awesome, big op- like RPG game that really pulled me into RPGs. And then I think the closest thing I played after that was like Jade Empire or something like, <laughs> which is a really good game. See, again from Bioware, but nowhere near as good as Carter. I just I, I I disagree completely. I think that like with something like that, I don't think graphically that's something that bothers me enough to pull me out of the immersion of it like I, I played Cotter 2 I, I played through it a bunch obviously when I had it for the 360 but when I got it on Steam no original Xbox um, I, what? it was original Xbox what do you mean Cotter Cotter 1 and 2 was on the original Xbox Radio- is that what I said no you said 360 I'll tell yeah. you about, um, it's not important. <laughs> it's just like no, and you've maybe lose my train of fucking thought now. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted people to make sure that you were there from the beginning. 
Uh, well, yeah, I was. I definitely was. <laughs> but um, oh yeah. Um, so I I played them both. Probably not this year. Probably last year. Have oh, a look, Dan. I can check exactly when it was I last played them because there was um, I think it was like an update on. Funnily enough, I still see them popping up every now and then, like Steam updates for Knights of the Old Republic too. Tell that little shit I am. Um, the prickhead. I last played it in 2015, Dan. I definitely played it. That's the last time I played sure it. it. Where you at? Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, August 31st, 2019. That's 30 hours. Part 2, the 26th of August, 2019. That's 70 hours. Do you know what's worse than That's that, Dan? That's probably a second playthrough on that. I played Cotter 2 in 2015 for a handful of hours. And I noticed yesterday when I went on the PlayStation, I played Disney Infinity for 146 hours. Criminal. <laughs> um, not just me, that's with Logan and stuff as well. But I played a shit ton of fucking oh, yeah. Disney Infinity. <laughs> with, on my own. <laughs> Never mind with anybody else. We played a load together. Do you know what I've lost? The will to live. And yeah, I but the you know you know the Civil War um, expansion out for Disney Finney. We did a we did a video on it. It was kind of like the Smash Sorry, Bros. thing. Fucking internet cut out again. I didn't hear a single oh, what? word you just said. I said, Do you know what I've lost for Disney Infinity? Um, the Civil War expansion I bought. It was like a Smash Bros. like brawl. We did a video on it many years ago. Sure. I, I don't know where it's gone the little piece so I can't play it I wanted to play with Logan early and I couldn't well thanks for that that's alright 146 hours <laughs> 146 hours that's too long for a Disney game it's good I love Disney Finney I, I I think it's a massive shame Disney uh, it's too bad Disney didn't agree their biggest problem they had and I've, I've said this too many times is they should have made it like what's the Spyro one Skylanders where mm. if you've got figures from the first set and you've bought whatever the newest set is you can use those figures on that set not vice versa but any previous figures you can use on the new ones Disney Infinity fucked up where they could go ah oh, you want to do the Star Wars one you can only use Star Wars characters you can't be Baymax or Aladdin or anything like that and I think that would have made it a lot more appealing to people you could be Jack Skeleton with Captain right. America's shield and Buzz Lightyear's rocket pack. Yeah, That'd be awesome. Um, I think you need to grow the fuck up. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's well, a fact, Callum, anyway. Speaking of, I'll stop you there, Callum. Speaking of grown-ups, we actually have a grown-up with us. We do today. We have a very special guest, Mr. Todd Mitchell from Game Dev Breakdown. Um, we did a. A little, I'll say a little, it's about half an yeah. hour or so interview with him, sort of discussing his brand new book, as well as his sort of general thoughts on the game development world and his extensive experience in dealing with that. So we're going to cut straight over to that interview and then we will be right back after it. Uh, hello, Todd. Welcome to uh, Podcast Versus Player. Thank you very much for being here today. We're absolutely honoured and uh, 
just generally happy to have you on. It's lovely to have a, a fellow podcaster on, certainly one from across the pond. So hello to you. Hi, thank you uh, so much for doing this. I was very excited you were among the very first people I talked to about uh, sitting in. So thanks for having me on. Aww. <laughs> you can come back I mean, again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, off that, that that's fine. Anytime you need anything from us, it, I don't care if it's in Missouri or Manchester, I don't care. We'll be there. <laughs> you got it. Nice. Um, but there is, there is a, obviously a very good reason that we wanted to uh, have you on today and something that we're very excited for you to talk about with us a little bit as well. And that's your book. You've got yes. a, a book coming out, Inside Video Game Creation. So, first things first... It's a uh, it's a kind of a, a a list of interviews, really, isn't it? With with people from varying degrees of success, if you want to put it that way, or popularity, maybe within the video game industry and development world. Um, how did that come to be? Yeah, that's uh, first of all, that's a decent way to kind of look at it. Basically, what the situation is is I run a podcast of my own called Game Dev Breakdown, and I speak with, it, the, the gist of the show is it's Game Dev Talk. So, mm-hmm. you know, we set aside an hour, I have people on as often as I can, and we just talk about what they do, whether that is that they're an indie developer or they work for a giant AAA studio. I've spoken with other authors uh, in the industry, uh, journalists, anybody who sort of does what they do in this space. I love to hear their stories, how they got into it, And the book is a collection of, I picked, you know, 11 or 12 people to talk to and get their stories sort of captured in more of a condensed sort of uh, experience in each chapter. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a QA and a style interview in each chapter. Uh, My question, their answers, and it sort of captures a sort of a picture of the video game landscape of right now. So... um, and and also there's some good historical stuff as well. We talked to one person who was way back from the Lucasfilm games days, and uh, I did see that. Yeah, all the, the way up through yeah. Borderlands Three. So yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, well, this actually um, one of the interviews that I did see that you've done on your your own YouTube channel, which is uh, Game Dev Breakdown with, uh, on YouTube. If anyone wants to go and have a look at that, obviously, <laughs> um, it was uh, with a, a guy called Max Pears. Yes. Um, uh, I did a bit of research on him just to sort of see, because obviously I suppose the biggest thing that he's working on at the moment is cyberpunk, which is right, you know, huge from all elements of the the industry. Um, but his his own personal portfolio it showed him starting with a game called Truck License Two, which I've never heard of, <laughs> and I right I can't imagine there's a huge amount of people that have right. Um, working into another small indie uh, company, then going straight into the division. And then from the division into cyberpunk, and it just seems wow. like you know a huge jump in terms of what he's actually contributing and what teams he was going to be working with. Is that something that through your kind of interviews and discussing this with people within the industry, is that fairly typical? <laughs> it's a good question because I come from a an area in the U.S. where we do not have a strong industry presence whatsoever. So I knew I wanted to make games when I was 12 years old, as soon as I realized someone made them. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I got through college and I didn't really want to pick up and move. So entry stories into the industry have always fascinated me. That might be sort of a foundation for what I ended up doing here. And because I never really got to do it, I, I had to go it alone and do my own indie games and stuff, which was fine. I, I wouldn't mm. trade it now. But yeah, stories like that fascinate me, and they all sound so different. 
Uh, Max Paris is an interesting guy because he's a, a great designer. He is an author of a design book of his own. He runs the uh, level design yeah, combat lobby. combat mechanics, I think it was, wasn't it? How to combat yeah. mechanics, something like that. Yeah, designing designing that. combat. He's starting a, a series it, yeah. of books, yeah. And uh, also does the level design lobby podcast. So, you know, people can check him out there. But <laughs> it was an interesting discussion because I didn't want to sound like how did you get to do this? You know, he's a very talented, very smart guy. I, yeah, right? I get it. Like, it's it's such a leap. Like, I mean, it right. must be a testament to his his talent, clearly. You know, I, I can't imagine that everyone gets such a break. The progression was meteoric for him, and I'm glad to say he seems to have risen to the challenge. I mean, a lot of us would have sunk like a rock in that situation, I think. So he well, did great. Yeah, I mean, given the, the, the kind of the public pressure that's on... CD Project Red at the moment. It's it, it can't be an overly comfortable place to work, I suppose, until things settle down a little bit. That's why it was a difficult conversation, if I'm being totally honest, because he's a very nice guy. Uh, I consider him a friend. It, yeah. But the interview we had was at a time when, uh, and he, you know, we haven't talked about this since, but I mean, it was at a time when he knew what was going on and other people did not, and he yeah. was. I'm surprised he came on the show at that time. It was a, sort of a testament to what a nice guy he is, but he was we were not able to talk about too much at that time. But we got well, to talk about the books, so. Yeah, which is um you know, which in itself is it's kind of I mean that's my impression of you know, your website, the book that you've written, the um you know, the kind of the YouTube content that you put out at the moment. It seems to be very much focused on the back end of the development side of things rather than the front end, which is what people are going to see they're going to play and that's usually sure. the only kind of exposure that people will will have when it comes to video games it's they'll go and buy a game they'll play it and they'll go well this is terrible everyone should be fired who made this you know <laughs> right. they can't really they can't see beyond you know the actual work that goes into it so i mean is that is that kind of like a niche that you've carved out for yourself where you're you're looking more at the back end of things and trying to get people's stories like you say to to kind of put them forward to the public to say these are the guys that actually do the hard work they're the ones in the trenches and they're the ones that are going to be actually doing all the you know the actual heavy lifting to get these into stores and onto people's computers i think so i i think if there's anything unusual about my perspective at all it's that i'm a software developer i've gone through technical training i've done my own indie games and uh so to me i am able to appreciate in games other people look at and say this wasn't for me i can still go God, but look what they accomplished. You know, uh, you, you can sort of imagine what goes into the smaller elements. And I'm happy to say we're getting to a point where other people are getting much better at that. The average player understands enough to go, okay, yes, they're working hard on this. It takes a team. More of that information is out there. But that's because of, you know, journalists and authors and content creators who have pulled back that curtain so we could kind of see it. Yeah, and I think that that's that's always been the the interesting part for me because it's I think it's so easy for people to just go on a big old rant about you know how disgusting it is that they pre-ordered <laughs> something and then you know six months later there's still nothing. I mean, I think me and Callum are both very much in the camp of if it takes as long as it takes to get it right, that's how long it should take. Yeah, and, definitely. I you know, I, I think that. Sorry, man, no, 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 no. Go on. I was just going to say, I think I don't think that enough people. Um, Everything that happened with um, CD Projekt Red, I wouldn't say any of that was down to the developers themselves rather than the right. the higher-ups that this game's got to go out on time. And 
yeah. again like Dan was about to say before I rudely interrupted um, we I'd rather wait and just have a better game and a stable game I mean to be honest I didn't really have many bugs and glitches when I was playing it so I think I had maybe three and none of them were game breaking they were more funny than anything else mm. yeah, um, yeah although I remember receiving a video from Dan I think you were in a shop and this car's just doing donuts through the wall on its own. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'd, I'd called for the car and it was just, just going around in yeah. circles, just hitting people as it was it was a bit it's a bit weird, but the the thing is though, I think that things like that, when you see them, it's yeah, sure it's annoying, but it's it's kind of also a testament to the the scale of the work that goes yeah. into some of these, you know, huge, huge blockbuster games. Um, and I mean, you know, in your in your kind of experience in dealing with people who may have had these kind of meteoric rises, like um, like Max might have done, you know, is it where does where does the, the sort of the enjoyment begin and end? You know, is it when you're working in these smaller companies and you've got a lot more control, maybe, and you know, you've got a lot more input, but you know, maybe it's not very secure. No one's really going to see it or hear of it ever. But then you get into a, a huge developer. Um, your actual control and your input is going to be severely reduced, but you've got job security. You've got, you know, but I don't know. It, it, I don't know if it, you'd feel that it would be your name would be kind of tarnished as having a specific thing against, like, was it Assassin's Creed Unity or something like that? You know, yeah, it's Unity, like yeah. infamous, like you know, really, you know, kind of almost cobbled together in a sense, and then rushed out the door by the publishers. Um, you know, where do people kind of find that happy medium? Is it when they're still up and coming? You know, they might be working with smaller projects, or is it when they've actually made it and they've gotten to that kind of a height? That's the magic question, really. Uh, and it's something I've learned a lot about since I started in this sort of content creation space. I, from my perspective, I came up as a kid with really what I considered to, considered to be no shot at getting into the industry. So, a lot of other people have much different stories. They get out of college in the right city at the right time, and they might go straight to EA. So you have people jumping in all the way across this spectrum. And what I've learned is from talking to a lot of people, there's kind of an interesting phenomenon where the people on one side always want to see what life is like on the other side. The indies want to yeah. be pros and the pros wish yeah. they could go indie. And it becomes about what you're willing to sacrifice. Do you want to give up control or do you want to give up, you know, job security or financial security? What can you live without? What are you willing to do? So it's in, in a way that sort of unites everyone who works in game development. And it's the source of so many interesting conversations on Twitter and Reddit and people who, you know, I made a game with my friend and like, okay, cool. I work at Gearbox. Let's talk about audio design. It's, it's yeah. kind of magical to see it, you know, but what's, what's so weird about that is on the far end, on the pro side, you see things that are locked down and strictly controlled by publishers. And they put people on these wild rides where, sorry, we announced a date of June 1st and make it happen. I don't care what happens. If you want a job on June 2nd, you make it happen. Yeah. And that has led to these nightmare scenarios where even the successes have cost people their livelihoods, relationships, their sense of well-being. It's it's a terrible thing to see. And uh, boy, I, with a business that's started to earn that much money at that and done business at that scale, I don't know how you put the brakes on that. 
Yeah. I, yeah, that's interesting. I think EA is kind of the prime example for taking over companies and talent that come along with them, rushing something out, it fails, and then they just close the studio. Yeah, they and, stand you know, apart. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I just don't. I don't get it. I mean, because I, 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 I don't really. Um, you know, I'm more on the front end, I suppose, more than on the back end. But you know, we do try and engage with small developers. You know, we've had a couple of interviews with um, some guys that have made smaller games. Um, um, my old housemate, funnily enough, um, he was a developer working at Frontier um, and then went oh, on yeah. to uh, Cloud Imperium, working on nice. Star Citizen. Um, he's moved off to a new company, um, so we're, we're going to ask him to sort of join us next week so we can kind of have a chat over his kind of experience. But I think it's I think you've kind of opened my eyes, having watched some of the, the interviews that you've done on YouTube with you know, sitting down with some of the, the people, even, you know, some of these are quite big players, you know, there's like senior mm-hmm. VFX artists and things yeah. like that, you know, they're, sure. they're, they're people that have got a real control in, in, you know, in how these projects work and getting them on and showing a more human side of it. And honestly, Callum, I think we're in the wrong business here, mate. I think we should stop talking about games and start talking about how to make games. Not that either of us have got any experience. I was going to say the, the aforementioned <laughs> books in uh, Cyberpunk is already better than any game that me and Dan could make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. If I could make a game type. that was just the bugs from Cyberpunk, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It's easy to uh, finish any project and go, I am a genius. Look what I've done. <laughs> and and you unleash it on the world and you find out something different. And I completely understand because it's easy to, like, you're hunched over and you're working month after month after month. You're out of money. Uh, you just... You f- you just want it out the door. It's publish this today and get it out the door. And maybe it's ready, maybe it's not. And I, I understand both sides of it, but God, I wish we could get along a little better in the process. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really don't get I mean, we've covered this on previous podcasts before, like some of the, you know, the, the, the hate and the death threats and things like that. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I, I just don't, it's beyond comprehension as to how people are that entitled that they think that they, they deserve this product. They haven't done anything towards it or paid anything towards it unless they pre-ordered it, I guess. But it's way too late down the line, like development line, before that becomes a, a you know a factor. Um, but they, you know, they expect absolute perfection. I think there's a mixture just, of both, though. Like on one hand, it's absolute the worst kind of people, like threatening. I mean, like again, CD Projekt read the death threats and stuff that they received um, yeah. from the the initial release. But on the other hand, these are people that are like extremely passionate about something that if somebody got that passionate about something i was making like i wouldn't be happy with the death threats like don't get me wrong sure, there, but yeah. just the fact to know that there's an int- like a huge mass of people that are they're so passionate about this one thing that i'm making that they're prepared mm. to just go beyond what's considered um appropriate really more for lack of a better term um not, not don't uh, condone it in the slightest but right it's an interesting thing where we've sort of all acknowledged that, especially if you're an indie, you need to spend a good amount of your time, maybe 30, 40% of your time marketing what you're doing, building a community, you know, running that discord, getting people subscribed to that newsletter, uh, running a forum. You want people engaged with your content at all times. And if you've done a great job, you get people deeply, deeply passionate about your work but that comes with a downside. There are going to be people who uh, don't have a healthy relationship with what you're doing or just what they're doing with gaming. And they're going to be present in that community. 
and it might not go well. So, I mean, obviously, I don't consider developers complicit in any sort of death threats they receive or any sort of abuse or toxicity, anything like that, clearly. But it is a thing that we try to hook people in and get them as engaged as possible. So we have to run a community and then deal with the fallout. And it's not really fair, uh, but it's, (laughs) it's another one of those things. What do we really do about it over time? Do we handle community engagement in a different way? Uh, Those are really tough questions that all we can do is continue to talk to developers, talk to studios, uh, understand what happens out there. That's the best we can do right now is sort of try to learn from it. Mm. Is that something that you've come across personally? Like for any projects that you've been involved in, in, you know, the feedback that you're getting back from the community themselves? It's interesting. Uh, as a content creator, yes, I've had a, s- a small amount of that. You know, I'm I'm in a position where, uh, okay, nobody's going to go to my boss because I don't have a boss or nobody's going to try to do a, you know, fire this guy campaign. I've done one indie game of my own, but it was for kids. So the kids haven't been too mean. Um, although kids are kind of mean sometimes. Kids are horrible. <laughs> don't stick up for them. <laughs> but, you know, they, they can't swat me or anything like that. So, but as a content creator, you know, I'm, I'm on YouTube. You can see what goes on in the comments section. I, I tell people as half of a joke, I say, you know, I work on the internet. You can't hurt my feelings. And, but I mean, it's, it's not really true when people say that, of course. I, I learned that phrase from a Marine who said, I'm a Marine, you can't hurt my feelings. And I thought, that is the most badass thing I've ever heard. And I'm going to start it's telling e- people stuff like that. It's easy but to it, it doesn't. It's not true. We yeah, all get hurt by, by comments and, can, and the personal yeah. work we do that gets torn up. So yeah, I've had a small degree of it. I expect some of it over the book at some point. You try to find the constructive feedback where it exists and you try to move on. It's the best you can do. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I did see I did see the um, the kids, uh, was it a uh, kid game? Kid Game Jam? Kid Game Jam. I did. I I ran a Game Jam for kids games at one time after I made my own. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you've... uh, Have you got kids? Is that something you've got them involved in as well? I I have a son who is now uh, six, and he'll be, you know, seven and a half a year. When he was only one or two, I, I made an indie game that taught him letters and numbers. That was the whole thing. I wanted to create something for him to play with on my phone, you know, just beep, boop, boop and play around. And it turned out to be a sort of a powerful teaching tool. So I fleshed it out over the course of like half a year and released it in the app stores for other kids. Um, it didn't, it didn't make a killing. It wasn't a hugely successful project, but it was something I was proud of and very happy with. And I, uh, I got to go speak about it at a few grade schools and things like that. So it was a really That's nice cool. experience. Right. And I thought there just isn't enough of this. We have, uh, a big community full of game developers, people who are learning, people who want to join new teams and stuff. So I said, why don't we have a short event? It actually wasn't short for a game jam. It was over two weeks because I didn't want people to crunch <laughs> over it. But I, I invited them to make something small and simple for the benefit of younger kids. And it was pretty open-ended. And I loved that. I, I haven't done it annually, although I would like to kind of pick that back up. That was a pretty fun experience. Hmm. Yeah, because there's, um, I, I think with, I, I, you know, there's quite a lot of charity work that goes on for like streamers and, you know, playing mm-hmm. huge amounts of a certain game, Desert Bus or whatever, you, you know, for hours on end to 
you know just to, to raise money but i think that you know introducing coding and how to actually develop and make games you know and introducing that to kids because I, I think for me I, I suppose you know i'm an old man now and you know looking at you know how to make a game is just it's incomprehensible to me i wouldn't even know where, where to begin um but you know i think that starting you know or at least opening it up to kids to to say you know it's it's you, you start with the simple things if you take an interest in it then obviously that's when that's when you would look to you know yeah. further education would be to you know look at development programming um and then because uh, you know it's it's like with my with my old housemate um he you know his his old job they were uh hiring staff mm-hmm. um but it was for for me it was um i i because again i don't really know the ins and outs of how to use any of this kind of software True. um so I, I always figured that getting into the industry itself would be impossible for someone like me unless i wanted to be a tester or something like that and frankly i I've got no interest in. You already do that yeah. for free, so <laughs> kind of. It's a tough life, um, yeah. Yeah, but also you know, bug reports and playing the same room at the same level for you know six weeks straight. I, I can't imagine that being particularly fun. But um, you know, the, it was you know. So obviously they're, they're looking for programmers and scriptwriters and things like that, and people with you know experience and you know an education that kind of backs it up. But there's other avenues into that. You know, there was like the customer service and social media. Yeah, you know, so I think that if you wanted to get into the gaming industry as a, as a whole, I don't think it's just a case of you need to be able to make a you know an entire landscape on Unity or you know kind of yeah. develop a thousand tools through Unreal. You know, as long as you can, you know, like you say, as long as it's something you're passionate about, you've got some yeah. kind of oh hello, we've got a visitor there, in the room. There he oh, is. Hello. <laughs> there he goes. Hey, bud. <laughs> say hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. My name's William. <laughs> How's it hey, going, William? <laughs> Can you get on your PE call? Yeah. Okay, thanks, buddy. <laughs> He's late to class. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to jump in um, just because it popped into my head. Um, with a lot of, obviously, Dan's talking about like the ins and outs of um, creating games and how much effort it takes to create games, which is too much for Dan to even comprehend, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, sure. What what does somebody who who can create games? What do you think of stuff like Dreams on the PlayStation and stuff, which is kind of oh, yeah. advertising itself as a game creation tool, but obviously to the point that you can just do it with a controller. I'm sorry, your video f- dropped out for like five seconds there. Uh, so if you can like sort of reiterate the question, I can better <laughs> speak. Sorry. <to> that. <laughs> so, um, or I can guess. Yeah. So, I, I th- sorry, I think I just kind of lagged out a bit. <laughs> but um, with uh, what does as somebody in the industry as yourself, what do you think of stuff like Dreams on on the PlayStation, where it's the, the whole main purpose of that was you can create your own games, you can create whatever you want and in all fairness it's quite a comprehensive little tool set for i think it's like i think it's like 25 uh pounds so it's like 20 dollars or whatever right um but what what do you think of stuff like that i i love how far we've come in getting people involved in stuff like this from the content inside games to the games themselves i agree there was a time when we were i'm guessing we're not far apart in age but when we were trying to learn this stuff it took a book 
this big and my hands are very far apart for listeners uh, that you could learn one version of one software application. It would take you months to get through the book and there'd be a new book for a new version and the stuff in the old book doesn't work anymore. It was hard <laughs> to learn stuff like code, but also stuff like design because they're talking about older games. Uh, it was a difficult time to jump in and really make yourself capable. Uh, I went to a tech school that did languages that were far out of date already. And there weren't any any sort of content creation games like that. It wasn't like we never thought if you give the tools to a kid or a teenager or even an adult, we didn't really expect great results to come back. And the truth is there are a lot of people with talent and interest who can do great things with the right tools. The exception of that is like Doom mods and stuff like that. We saw very early yeah. on with like early PC games, people are capable of great things if they have what they need to do it. So what I tell people now, full grown adults, if you don't know coding and you would like to look at the stuff they've got out for kids right now, and don't be ashamed yeah. to pick up a, a book called game programming for teens or for kids they make it easy, they make it compelling, and it's a better time than ever before to get into this stuff. I love every version of this from Minecraft to Roblox, Dreams, uh, the, the list goes on. I love every bit of it, and I hope they keep going that direction. Yeah. What, what, what are you, uh, is there anything that you're currently playing and enjoying at the moment, whenever you've got a free moment to do so? What am I playing lately? I tried Outriders the other night. Uh, I was... It's always interesting to me because being in the, the role that I am in, I'm a little bit disconnected from like what's really going to hit with audiences and stuff. So when I heard everybody going, Outriders, yeah! <laughs> I thought, okay, I got to see what this, what this is and you know why this struck people this way. It's a cool game. Seems very interesting and very fun. I was surprised at how dark it is, especially at the beginning for people to have such a like bright, happy, like, yay, this is the best game. I thought like, I wasn't ready for this. This is intense. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, in, in a way, I'm glad to see people, you know, finding stories that resonate with them and stuff. So I think that's cool when I can, I'll, you know, I've got friends. I'll just play Call of Duty and do some brainless, you know, first person shooter stuff. I play games on my phone all the time, so I'm I'm out to try a little bit of everything. I'm like I'm a Game yeah. Pass subscriber. I want to see all I can see. Yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a great deal, right? It's yeah, we're it's big amazing. advocates yeah. of Game Pass. We've got to say, um, it's wonderful. Well, I got um, I I tried something called Pathway the other day, which is um, it's kind of like a turn-based adventure, like top-down, like isometric pixel. It seems like it's the most indie game, like all the elements sort of squished into one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's, a, you know, I, I played it for, a, a, you know, uh, probably a couple of hours or so, you know, had a couple of playthroughs and got my ass kicked. Um, <laughs> but then I, you know, I was like, mm, maybe this isn't for me. I'll go back to XCOM or something like that. And yeah. just uninstalled it. Perfect. Game Pass is just right. like, the it's, best thing to happen it, to video games. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, all, all I wish is that with, because um, there's, there's obviously quite a lot of sort of, indie games that do end up on there as well uh, rain on your parade is something else that's just popped yeah. up on there as well which is just came cool. on yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I, I really quite like that um but it seems to have kind of like it, you know th there's obviously like the big microsoft titles that are going to show up on their day one which is brilliant and obviously any of the um the third parties that now they bought yeah, like as well bethesda, so, and, yeah, that. Yeah. bethesda and yeah exactly and hopefully yeah. 
this uh, deal with EA kind of throws more things at us as well. But then there's still the smatterings of, you know, kind of smaller, you know, games that maybe people wouldn't have heard of. Like Genesis Noir was a game that um, came on there a couple of months or so ago. And that was, it's kind of like, it's it's kind of like a visual novel more than anything. It's not really a game in that kind of sense, but it was so striking. And, you know, for a few few pounds, I'm not sure what the equivalent is. I think it's probably about eight or nine dollars or something like that Yeah, for the for the monthly thing. To, to have that kind of exposure to, you know, a, a whole myriad of games that you probably wouldn't have even heard of unless they were just there and then for you. It's just, for me, it's it's kind of the future. I mean, with with the people that you've been talking to and, you know, the companies that they work for, do they see, you know, the, the kind of the Game Pass model of this, like, you know, streaming? It's what Stadia could have been if it was, right. you know... If it was good. Uh, ...done properly. <laughs> yeah. Um like is, is that do they see that as being the future that this kind of like you know huge sharing network platform it's a good question because i speak with a lot of studios who are trying new things as they emerge i mean obviously it's a lot of moving targets we had the epic store coming out yeah. that was a big point of contention with gearbox when i spoke with their guys because it's no, it's another one of those things hey i'm just a visual effects guy i'm just an audio guy don't yell at me about the epic store right so One thing I've wanted to do for a long time is talk to somebody on the Game Pass service, which I haven't got to do yet. They're notoriously locked down about sort of the terms and the compensation and stuff for that. So if there are any good, like, tell-all articles about that kind of thing, I haven't seen it yet. I would love to write one. Uh, I I would probably abuse that opportunity because I'm just too curious about how that works on the back end. But developers are definitely aware of it. Studios are aware of it. I um, I tried to set up several interviews with different studios who do it in the past, and somehow they always seem to not be available. Like, they can't <laughs> quite, like, we just yeah. got bought by Microsoft, or we just put something on Game Pass, but we can't talk to you right now. Like, oh, okay. You know, uh, I think they understand it. Every, yeah. The way we consume everything is much different now. Um, I was so excited to write a book, but... You know, a big deal now on the on the Kindle store is they've got stuff like Kindle Unlimited, which is like their Game Pass. So I had to go, what's the future? Well, we're probably going to have more subscriptions where you can read everything from like Simon & Schuster or A-Press or whatever. So I thought, let's, let's be part of that front end on the cutting edge and let me get on this, you know, book streaming thing. Yeah. So I think they're looking at it like that. If the, if the terms are agreeable... Uh, they go with it. The only downside is, like you said, it's great for us. I can have a bite-sized, like, one-night experience with the game and uninstall it, and I don't even care. If I never play it again, I can at least tell people, like, I tried it, it was fun, I'm not out 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever, but for the studios, I think they're going to have to change the way they do business just a little bit to account for all of that bite-sized play, because they're relying on players to have a long relationship with their games, I think this is going to change that a little bit in certain cases. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it depends on, you know, what percentage of the subscription fees that Microsoft are getting for Game Pass is actually going to each individual game and the amount of use that people are getting out of it. So, right. you know, if it is something that's just, you know, people try it for a couple of nights, then uninstall it, you know, they're not really, should they be getting as big of a pie, a piece of the pie as someone who's, uh, I mean, Anthem, for example's sake like anthem is something that should have been 
like it should have been. I, 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 I own huge. it, so I mean, it, it should yeah. have been the best thing ever. Um, right, and something because you know because it's just it's so short term. It, it just seems to be you know it's this instant gratification. It looks cool. It feels yeah. fine. Anything else though, and it, it just kind of flops from there. And for something like Anthem showing up on Game Pass, I think that is a much better place for it. Like, I would have much rather have played Anthem for free and not been bothered about the fact that it's not supported from that point onwards than pay too much. I can't remember how much it was, but it certainly wasn't. It was right. for, for for what it actually is at the moment. It's it was too much, unfortunately. But I think it's another case of being promised too much and delivering too little probably so but i think that if yeah. you know you want to kind of drag out these life uh, these lifetimes for these games then you know once they've got your money there's no real obligation for them to actually follow through with it yeah but then you and actually right. say yeah we are going to support you for the next five ten years to make sure that this thing is is interesting whereas if it was something that was coming exclusively out on game pass say and the more content that you included the more you've got people to play that game the more that you would get from Microsoft from their subscription base and from the the funds that they were um, pulling in from that, which is significant, um, you know, surely that would drive more publishers, I suppose, rather than the, the, the developers to to kind of actually have these long term goals for games rather than just something on paper that's just yeah yeah we're going to support this for the next ten years, knowing full well they're really not yeah, going to do you got stuff like you know. Warframe though and Warframe's still right. free to play and I think that, mm. that there was a big update for that I think it was last week maybe the week before um, yeah. they've had like the new I think it's Tales of Talos almost I don't know I haven't played it for years it's a bad example yeah. but <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a free to play game that's still being updated like most months like every few months or something like that and mm. I I fully expected Anthem to be that kind of regular um like developers getting in on on the action and updating the stuff yeah, like and stuff destiny and yeah, yeah destiny yeah. is another good example of it and, and, I, and i wouldn't again i wouldn't put the blame on the developers themselves rather than ea it's bioware i mean if you're looking for a more tried and tested company you'd be hard pressed right. to find them i still think uh, anthem flying was still a better iron man game than the Avengers. Look, <laughs> <laughs> video game tie-ins we're not discussing here because, frankly, we all know, and I think we're all very much in agreement that they're all shit. X-Men so, Origins Wolverines was excellent and it was better than the movie. <laughs> I yeah, can't believe we've never had a good Iron Man game, right? It's I think about it all the time. Like, how... It's so perfect, but we've just not done it. I, mean, I, don't, they, I don't get it. They nailed it with Anthem. I don't know if anyone's heard of this game, Anthem, but <laughs> it's just like being <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Just think of well, it that the, way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the Avengers, like the Iron Man flying in the Avengers is awful. It's fine, <laughs> but it's like it's it. so restricted cuz you you just you like your Iron Man flying through corridors in a building. It just it just doesn't feel right. Like it's like you say it should just be it, it should be something the scale of Anthem, but it's, you know, it's a desert or something and you're flying around and blowing, blowing stuff up. It seems like right. it's such a simple thing to... Like, I mean, I think it's what they attempted with the tie-in games, but I think it was like... Wasn't it Sega or someone who made the... Uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, Sega. I think it also... I don't recall. I think they're, they're also only paid in, like, Happy Meals and stuff as well for the for the Iron Man yeah. movie game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it wasn't particularly good. Um, but there's, um, you know, on the, on the flip side, though, um, you know, as... 
people may see from um, from Todd's Twitter, Godzilla fan. Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big I'm a big monster fan. I got my Rampage shirt on. I uh, I did notice. Yeah, that's cool. I, I own the small uh, Rampage cabinet out out in our game room. Uh, wow. I, I love just dorky stuff like that. I, I really like that stuff. Well, have you seen the? Uh, have you seen uh, Godzilla vs Kong? I'm waiting for the right night. My wife works a lot, and I'm waiting for a night we can both watch and really let it blow our minds. Probably this week, I would guess, is when we'll see it. I'm I'm very happy that that's the answer, and that it's like you you want to watch it, and your wife wants to watch it as well. Because when I watched the trailer, my wife turned and she went, "It's not very realistic, is it?" It's like. It's not meant to be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to what exactly? Exactly. Yeah. Big lizard, big monkey. I mean, what, that's what not how it would want? go. No, she, she wasn't. Uh, I I really enjoyed. It. I mean, I like. Um, I do like Godzilla and I like King Kong and stuff, but like not as much as. Yeah. Actually, you're very clearly a fan, and Dan Dan's a massive um, monster movie fan, and I like them, but they're not. It's not like the top of my list of movies and stuff. But I I really yeah. enjoyed. Um, Godzilla versus uh, Kong. I really, really did. Mm. But it was really awesome. Except the human yeah, bits. I think this, <laughs> well, that's always going to be. The, yeah, that's always going to be the case, though. But I think yeah. like the, the Japanese ones are just a lot more wacky, and you know they're a lot more open to you know kind of weird things going on. Oh, yeah. submarines and time travel and God knows what else. Like I think as soon as like the the Hollywood versions of this they start to get wackier and wackier, that's when I think it'll be like pinnacle of what this is because the first one's like you know it's what uh elizabeth olsen and what's his name aaron taylor clark or something yeah brian cranston sort of, yeah running about yeah. for an hour yeah. and a half right i don't care or the, or the matthew broderick Get- one matthew <laughs> broderick <laughs> one jumps to mind Look, yeah <laughs> funny we, we we don't want to talk about that one either frankly um but though todd i think we've taken up more than enough of your time so again I wanted to thank you for being a part of Podcast vs. Player today. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Uh, my my pleasure. This has been everything I was hoping for. This has been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people go and find you? Social medias, where can they go and find the book if they want to buy themselves a copy? Sure. Uh, a, an easy place to go is my website, codewriteplay.com. That'll get you to the podcast, the book, the articles I write. And uh, I'm on Twitter if you're around. Uh, Mechatodzilla with one D and two L's. And uh, I will, I'll chat your ear off about just about anything. I'm there quite a bit. <laughs> well, Todd, thank you again. Callum, have you got anything you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no, just just again, thank you very much uh, for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on again sometime. I'd like that. Thank you very much. So would we. Me more than Dan, though. <laughs> yeah, for we're, sure. We're very competitive. <laughs> I can appreciate that. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. See you. And we're back. Hello, Callum. Hi. Thank you, Todd. I'm still here. Again for joining us on this... Uh, Momentous shit. occasion. <laughs> this shit podcast of ours. But we're very, very happy to uh, have you back on again. So thank you very much. And to anyone who may have watched this on one of Todd's channels, his uh, website. It's going uh, along the bottom. We also have some other bits and pieces uh, on podcastversusplayer.com. So you can always go and check us out there. Yeah. So hello and welcome to you. And to you, Dan. <laughs> you fucking rascal. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so polite. I mean, you know me. Can't get enough of Dan. It's on my t-shirt. <laughs> it's not. Well, Speaking I, of, Dan. It's about mine. Humping. Boop, boop.
Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I've got some new t-shirts to put in the store, probably tomorrow. Interesting. We haven't had a new uh, t-shirt update on the podcast for a while. We haven't. And the main reason for that is we're, we're going to be doing a new video thing um, soon. So I thought I'd best get some stuff done. <laughs> new video thing? I see you've forgotten completely what it is already. Um, <laughs> Have we done a thing? What are we doing? We haven't done it yet. Oh, no. No, no, yeah, no. No, yeah. I remember. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. It's, man, we're so simpatico. <laughs> like, same wavelength on everything. <laughs> like, I'll just have to keep it written on the palm of my hand or something. I think you're going to have to. what the fuck we're up to. <laughs> but no, have you, uh, you got anything else you want to you wanna shout off, spout about, throw around, pull it off? Um, <laughs> I, um, I don't think so, no. I am... Um, I'll tell you what's not shit though. Invincible comedy show. Auntie Donna. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plug them every week until we can get one of the Auntie Donna boys on. No, yeah, I, I, reckon, I reckon it's idea. doable. I reckon we can get them on. I think I'd say I'd say we've probably got more chance of getting an Auntie Donna boy than Henry Cavill, which was last year's plan. I yeah, I mean, I. I've still got the message I sent that's <laughs> never been... <laughs> he hasn't read yet. It, no, it's still not been read. Um, okay. I even looked into um, like finding out who his agent was to see if we could contact <laughs> him through the like his agency. Um, like, yeah, his hosting fee is like 20 grand. Yeah, it's going to be a, uh, a... I didn't get that far. It wouldn't delve me the information. And B, there'd be an incredible cost to that. Um, well, you could just remortgage your house, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, if it'll get him on the show, I'm happy to do it. If you're listening, Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I actually rewatched the other day, really randomly? His uh, Henry Cavill building his PC. It just popped up randomly, and I went, oh, yeah. And then I just watched it. All <laughs> like, oh, right, okay. There's no ins and outs to it. Um, not as hilarious as Auntie Donna. Boys, <laughs> it's how I fucking love Andy Tanner. It's so good. <laughs> anyway, um, do, we've, we we have jizzed enough over the Auntie Donna boys. Um, and if <laughs> you come on, we'll we'll jizz on you to your faces. But <laughs> we'll jizz on you to your faces. You know it makes sense. There's a song in there somewhere. I think there is. <laughs> Oh, a little bit of jizz, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I did a cum on your face. <laughs> that was hilarious. That live show clip. That was good. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh, I, I genuinely, I wish they'll uh, come back to the UK. They, they, I, I assume they will at some point. Soon. I'm assuming they will, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Anyway, sunshine, we're gonna go because we've rambled on long enough. Um, you can look down at the bottom right now. There's some stuff going on. Uh, www.podcastvsplayer.com and a, a host of other interesting links, including a link to our... Uh, well, there won't be a link to the uh, the wall, but head over there. Leave us a message on there. We've asked you every week, and you haven't done it. Um, I, have- I asked someone that I know specifically to do it, and I don't know if she did or not, but... There's nothing on there. Oh, then she didn't if there's nothing on there. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know if she did and it hasn't shown or if she just could be asked. No, no, there's nothing. I have updated the website. Terrible. I spent three days last week updating the website, so it's nice and fast. There's some new extra bits on there. 
Um, and I and I, I put a little comment on the wall myself to just make sure that it's working, and it is. So <laughs> go check it out, look, please. Um, failing yeah. that, leave us a. If you got a question, put it in the comments here or something. If you don't want to go to the website, but please do because. <laughs> Well, Morning. thank you, Callum. <laughs> and uh, thank you again to Toss yes, for joining us today. very much, thanks. Next week, next week, next podcast. Yeah, next episode. Uh, we probably will have another special guest as well, so make sure you stay tuned. Shouldn't you save that. this for your episode? Really? No. No, we've got to get the good stuff out, mate. <laughs> we've got to promote all the good stuff. I mean, I'm happy with it. I'm, I'm going to carry that it. episode on my own. Don't worry about it. I don't need big celebrity guests. I won't even be here. I mean... <laughs> To be fair, if I can get bloody one of the Auntie Donners on for that one, three comes through. Worth a go. Worth a go. I might send him an email tonight and just be like, "Hi guys, love you. Do you want to be on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> By any chance? About nothing, nothing to do with comedy or sketch go sketch show comedy or anything that you probably have any interest in. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we're gonna do one. So thanks for joining again. Thank you for Todd. Uh, for popping by Uh, we very much enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you all on the next one goodbye